Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are down to the wire at the Preakness Stakes. The first live golfer wins a major championship. Kyle Larson's impressive performance at the NASCAR All-Star Race. A tribute to a Cleveland Browns legend. Burning rubber at this year's Indy 500, who will be chugging milk in victory lane. The Panthers' impressive run in the playoffs continues. Who will move on to Lord Stanley Cup Finals? 76ers let go of their head coach. Where does the franchise turn now? A clean sweep for the Nuggets, who will be joining them in the NBA Finals. With that, I give you our assistant chief of our fire brigade, Colton Gow. Thanks, Matt. We're here on a Wednesday night. Uh, beautiful day here in Delaware, Delaware, Ohio. Uh, real quick before we jump into jump into our first topic, we want to give a Shout out to our uh, one of our sponsors here, uh, Betstamp. Um, you know, check them out. They can help you with all of your uh, betting betting needs. Uh, the ad will tell you a little bit little bit about what the what the app does and and how it can help you with your with your sports betting. We'll be right back. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Betstamp app, which is helping thousands of people win at sports betting for free. The same way travelers use Google Flights or Expedia to find the best prices, bettors can now use Betstamp to do the same. When you place a bet, the odds given by a sports book will determine how much you can possibly win. Even when betting on the same outcome, different sports books will offer varying payouts, and these differences can be huge. Betstamp allows you to easily line shop for the most profitable odds across all sports books. You can click on any matchup and instantly see all the different odds for game lines, player props, and even future bets. Line shopping is the simplest way to find an edge in sports betting and maximize your chances of long-term winning. On average, Betstamp users win an extra $1,000 plus yearly just by line shopping. You can find the Betstamp app on the Apple iOS Store, Google Play Store, or through your browser at www.betstamp.app. To access all these benefits, sign up using promo code FIREDUP and start your journey to successful sports betting today. If you forget to use the code upon sign up, you can always enter our code in your Betstamp account settings afterward. Check it out. Okay, and we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, like Matt mentioned before the break, we're going to talk a little recap of some horse racing that happened over the over the weekend, uh, the second leg of the of the Triple Crown, but... We will not be having a triple crown winner this year. Um, you know, Mage, who uh, won the won the Kentucky Derby a couple weeks ago, uh, finished finished third third in this race. And National Treasure uh, came in came into this one, I think, with kind of the second best odds yeah. to to win it. Um, you know, wind up wind up taking home taking home the the cash, taking home the victory here. Uh, Matt, what's your, what's your thoughts on, on this one? Yeah. I mean, really this thing kind of went chalk cause the, the, the three favorite horses finished one, two and three, just mm-hmm. in not the exact order, right. but you know, a, a better looking for an easy bet mm-hmm. to that trifecta box. And you, you got that easy. <laughs> right. So, right. You know, but national treasure, that's a pretty amazing story. There's trained by uh, Bob Baffert, mm-hmm. who was, you know, the, uh, the trainer who was kicked off of the Kentucky Derby there a couple of years ago with the, the scandal there. Right. So he hasn't been able to race in Kentucky for the last couple of years, mm-hmm. but yeah, had a great showing here, uh, taking this horse to a winner. And then uh, that horse also jockeyed by the legendary John Velasquez, who's mm. done everything there is to do in horse racing <laughs> yeah. other than win this Preakness race. Oh, so wow. this yeah. was his first win in the Preakness. Right. So, you know, an exciting day for all involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, uh, 
National Treasure was followed by the four to one third favorite there in Blazing Sevens, mm-hmm. and then that was followed by the pre-race favorite in the two to one Mage at mm-hmm. third. So, yep. you know, it, it, was a, it was a good day of racing, and it kind of kind of came out pretty predictable, but mm-hmm. still an exciting race. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, it was was exciting. Um, you know, although you know National Treasure was from wire to wire, you know, from start to finish was the was the leader, you know, from the very beginning all the way till the end. Um, but you know tight neck and neck all the way down, you know, down the track with this being, you know, kind of the, the short, the short track here of the, you know, of the, of the triple crown, you know, we, we talked about a little bit last week on the show, you got to get out to a hot start, get, get started early just cause there's not a lot of track to make up a, a ton of ground in this, in this one. But, uh, you know, national treasure actually came out ahead by just, just a nose, um, you know, blazing sevens was, was right there, Right there on, you know, right behind them. Uh, yeah, somewhat of a of a photo finish um, at the, you know, at the at the Preakness this year. But uh, you know, you mentioned it, Bob Baffert. You know, was this was you know National Treasure horse, you know, trained by Bob Baffert. Uh, his his eighth win. You know, obviously not the same horse every year, but eight different times he's won. You know, won at the Preakness, and uh, you know, I think which is uh, a record or his own be his own record right. of of number of wins at the at the Preakness. And then continues to add to, you know, his, uh, you know, his legacy, because uh, this is now his 17th win in a triple crown race. Wow, so, uh, which, impressive. again, I think breaks kind of his own record or, you know, he's he's competing against himself at this point. Um, so, yeah, there's, you know, off the track, maybe, you know, some 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 issues, but, you know, on the track, the man gets it gets it done. He, right. You know, he knows, you know, knows how to get get the horses ready to go and, and, you know, get them ready for, you know, the big races. Um, so yeah, like we mentioned, you know, not, not going to be a triple crown winner this year, but, uh, you know, they still got the last leg of what they consider the triple crown races, uh, you know, the Belmont coming up in, you know, another, another couple weeks here. So and it, we'll, it looks like it should be shaping up to be another good one. Cause yeah. the, uh, the owner of mage after that race said, you know, we're gonna uh, go. We didn't get them this time. We're well, going to go. We're going to get them next time. Right, so. right. So that'll be that'll be interesting. Or, you know, it'll be nice to see, you know, that, you know, obviously Mage didn't come out on top in this one, but at least, you know, still competing and, you know, not just throwing in the towel. Of, you know, well, we didn't win the Triple Crown. Let's yeah. just, you know, get ready for the rest of the season kind of deal. So that will be that will be good or, you know, will be interesting to see, you know, um, that he's sticking his, you know, sticking, you know, sticking with it and going to race in that one and, you know, see who else maybe from this field or, you know, from the field that was at the Kentucky Derby, who all, you know, competes at the, at the Belmont here in, in a couple of weeks. So, all right, well, moving over to our next topic, uh, another, another recap. Um, PGA championship happened this, this past weekend. Um, and Brooks Kepka uh, redeems himself after, you know, being in the lead there for 54 holes at the, at the masters, you know, the first, the first major of the year, uh, but you know, collapsed somewhat on the on the final day in in the Masters this year. But you know, was was dominant somewhat from from start to finish in this in this one. Um, Matt, what's your what's your thoughts on on this? Uh, you know, Brooks taking home uh, you know the the Wanamaker Trophy. Well, I, I can't be making the PGA Championship and the PGA Tour people very very excited because mm-hmm. I mean he he's not even technically a member of their tour, being mm-hmm. a, being one of the defectors to the Live Golf Tour. Right. So right. you know the, the guy's a great golfer though. He he had a had a great week of golf and mm-hmm. came out winning this thing. Right. Uh, you know another guy who had a pretty pretty good week of golf there himself, or at least so so was Phil Mickelson who mm-hmm. who made the cut. This time for the hundredth time in a major. Oh wow, that's quite an accomplishment right. for him. And then mm-hmm. just sticking sticking with the live golf guys here, uh, Bryson DeChambeau really kind of kind of redeemed himself in mm-hmm. this tournament. He he's, hasn't 
hasn't golfed great there for a while, but right. you know he, he started off leading day one, and, right. and he stayed near the top pretty much the whole way. Mm-hmm. He ended up in a tie for fourth, mm-hmm. so you know, right. a good good comeback for him. Yeah. And uh, but really, the story of this whole tournament was the PGA professional Michael Block. Yep. Uh, guy, you know, who isn't really known for golfing on the tour and right. anything Just, like that, but he ends up finishing in the top fifteen and right. actually had a hole in one on Sunday. Yeah, you know I mean? on the fifteenth hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something, something you don't see very often. Right. So, Exciting to see somebody that isn't, you know, your your typical tour right. tour professional out there mm-hmm. making some noise. Yeah, yeah, he's actually the, you know, the golf course that they played at Oak Hill. He's actually the club the club pro for for the course. So, you know, interesting to see, you know, him. Uh, from what I was, you know, from what I was reading, it's the first time, uh, it's the first time since two thousand five that a PGA professional, that's what they consider the the club pros. Uh, finish inside the top 40 since 2005. So been, been quite a while since, you know, one of the the club pros has had really a great, you know, a great showing, but, you know, as a result of him finishing, you know, tied for 15th and in kind of the the top 15, that gives him an exemption then to be able to play in next year's PGA championship. So, you know, obviously going to be a part, you know, part of, you know, history or, you know, as part of some special moments, at this PGA championship, obviously close to home or, you know, close to his heart with being the club pro at this course, but, you know, we'll get to follow it up then at, you know, next year's PGA championship and see what, you know, see what he can do against, you know, again, some of the, the greatest golfers, you know, the best of the best, um, you know, just, I would, you know, say somewhat your, your average Joe, you know, whatever, just, you know, going out there, getting to play, you know, with, with some of the greats, um, you know, when he hit that hole in one, he was actually paired up with, with Rory McIlroy at the time. So it's, uh, you know, nothing, nothing better than to, you know, be playing with one of the, one of the greats um, and then, you know, have a spectacular shot and a, and a hole in one and, and, you know, get to celebrate that with, with Rory McIlroy. Not, not, I don't think too many people can say, can say that or have that, you know, as a, as a memory. So, um, but yeah, he said McIlroy turned and hugged him and he was like, well, what, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, at that point, he didn't even know it, it went in the hole. Uh, so yeah, he was, just as surprised probably as everybody else, you know, that was, that was watching, but uh, yeah, it's, it was great to see, you know, great to see for, for, you know, just the average, you know, the average golfer out there to be able to, you know, witness that and be a part of that. But uh, you know, Brooks, yeah, like you said, dominant, dominant performance here. Um, actually the third time he's won the PGA championship title. So, you know, familiar with winning this trophy, uh, of course, obviously the PGA championship is not always at the same course every year. They, they switch it up. So, He's won it, you know, three different times at three different courses. Um, but, you know, now has, uh, you know, five major championships under his belt when he becomes only the 20th player to have five major championships and actually passed Rory McIlroy for, you know, the the number of majors, you know, majors um, in his in his career. So, uh, you know, obviously it was, <clears throat> excuse me, was dominant at the at the Masters, you know, about a month or so ago, but, uh, you know, just couldn't couldn't hold on on the final day. But, you know, there were times on the final day where it looked like he was gonna gonna let it back. You know, he he started out started out hot. I think he birdied like three or four holes in a row. Looked like he was gonna run away with it. Then the next like two three holes, he he bogeyed both of them, and you know allowed the the guys that were kind of in second there to to kind of give a little glimmer of hope. But you know at at the end of the day, he was able to you know close it out in in kind of the final holes and you know redeem himself and you know not only walking away with the with a championship, you know, trophy in hand, but also $3.15 million too. So, um, you know, nice, nice chunk of change for a week in a week in the golf. So, um, you know, some of the, some of the guys that I kind of talked about, um, that, you know, I was looking forward to watching, or, you know, some guys I thought might, might do well at this, at this thing kind of got off to, 
rocky starts, but really played well um, in, in the next couple of days. Um, you know, John Rom finished the round or finished, you know, his, his total round, you know, finished seven over for the entire tournament. But he started out the day, you know, started out like round one. He was like six or seven over. It's like okay, there's no way this guy makes the cut. And then the next the next day he he golfed way. he golfed crazy. The next the next you know second day, I think he went like five or six under, got himself to one over to make the cut. And then yeah, Saturday and Sunday were not were not kind to him. He gave it you know gave it all back. Right. But uh, you know outside of that, yeah, Scheffler you know Scotty Scheffler finished tied for second at seven under. Uh, Patrick Cantlay finished one under, uh, you know tied for ninth. And then uh, kind of a dark horse, a wild, you know, wild card I had was Tyrell Hatton, who started out again somewhat like Rom, you know, was like five under, five over or whatever through the first, you know, day or so. And, you know, made a comeback on the second day to make the cut and then wind up finishing one over for for the tournament, uh, tied for 15th. And then uh, Rory McIlroy uh, tied for seventh at, at two, two under as well. So, you know couple of guys i was looking forward to you know got off the rocky starts but they they settled in and you know kind of finished up but you know ultimately it was brooks kepka coming out on top and you know our our first you know live live golfer to, to win a major championship so these guys obviously no matter what tour what other what three-letter acronym they play for they're still heck of heck of a right. golfer so i gotta say you know shout out to the to the pga for not not making an issue about right, it they, right. they gave them the trophy right they, right they didn't Right. You know, try to cut the cut the celebration short or right. anything like that. They, yeah. they played it classy. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. Good. Yeah, because there was, you know, you know, obviously Bryson DeChambeau up there towards the top. Phil Mickelson played, you know, played halfway decent. Uh, so there were there were quite a few of the the live golfers that were up there towards the top of the leaderboards. So we'll see. Obviously, the next next major on the radar is the U.S. Open coming up. You know, sometime in in June, and then you know after that, it's the you know the British Open. Um, so we'll see. You know how these how these guys continue to go through you know the next the rest of the rest of the season, but uh, yeah, the live live tour was the big you know the big topic with you know one of their one of their own finally getting getting a major championship. So, all right, moving over to the racetrack, um, different kind of racing there, little little auto racing here. We're uh, you know going to recap the the all star race um, in NASCAR. Um, probably not a whole lot to say in this one, right. just because. Uh, somewhat of a dominant performance by a guy that, you know, we're used to seeing there at the, at the top and has been dominant in the sport the last couple of years. Uh, that's Kyle Larson, uh, you know, took home for the third time, um, the NASCAR all-star race, you know, championship, um, you know, and, and one, you know, another million dollar prize at, you know, winning, winning this thing. Man, uh, so in three races, I, I could live a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this guy, has been, you know, been dominant when it comes to, you know, comes to this race. He's always there, and, you know, ready to go. And, you know, like I said, won it, won it three different times at three different racetracks. Um, you know, puts himself tied for second uh, for, you know, second most victories at the NASC, you know, the all-star event. Um, the only person ahead of him is Jimmy Johnson, who has four, four victories at the, at the all-star race. So, uh, like I said, somewhat of a dominant performance, uh, only somewhat, I don't know if you could say boring, but, you know, somewhat, boring only because the only two guys you know led you know daniel suarez led for kind of the first 55 you know ish laps and then kyle larson led for the you know remaining 145 laps so it uh you know he he finished almost five almost four a little over four and a half seconds ahead of the guy in second which you know was was pretty impressive you know a guy that we talk about quite a bit on the show 
uh, Bubba Wallace, you know, finished finished second. So, you know, good for good for him. Hopefully that means, you know, good things back, you know, in the second half of the, uh, you know, second half of the season, we'll see what, what he can do. But uh, yeah, Matt, any, any, any thoughts on, on this race? Uh, what, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, I, you, you hit a lot of the big points on the head. I mean, dominating performance, mm-hmm. 145, 200 laps. That's right. just, you're sleeping through that. Thing. Right. Right. And though it was really a, a move by his pit crew that, mm-hmm. that got him up there. Yeah. He, yeah. Uh, he actually pitted early. Yeah. Um, took four tires when a lot of other guys weren't pitting. Yeah. He was able to drive from the back, clear to the front mm-hmm. on those fresh tires and yeah. never gave it up after that. So yeah. It was a nice call by his pit crew to, to get him where he needed to be. And then he was able to take it the rest of the way. Yeah. I, I, I didn't see any stats on what pit crew actually won the, the pit crew. Yeah. It didn't, wasn't, didn't, didn't find that or wasn't able to find that myself, but yeah, it would be, would be interesting to see just because at the same time, not only was it a dominant race for, you know, Kyle Larson in this one, but, the weekend was also dominant for him because they raced on Saturday, the truck series raced there and Kyle Larson came out on top in the, in the truck wow. series. So, you know, an overall great weekend for him. So yeah, it would be interesting to see did his pit crew, you know, take home the trifecta and win right. the, you know, win the, the, the pit crew challenge. But uh, yeah, no great, you know, great weekend overall for, for Larson and his, and his team, um, you know, like we mentioned, just kind of rounding out the top 10, you know, uh, finishers, uh, obviously Larson first, Bubba Wallace second, uh, Tyler Reddick uh, third, Chase Briscoe in fourth, uh, Chase Elliott in fifth, uh, Ryan Blaney sixth, Daniel Suarez uh, in seventh, Eric Jones in eighth, Ty Gibbs in ninth, um, and then 10th was Joey Logano. And actually interesting because Ty Gibbs was one of the guys that advanced from the all-star open, you know, right. race or whatever. So uh, you know, interesting to see that, you know, not only did he do well in the open to get himself into the actual, you know, main event, but then, you know, performed well when he, when he got to the main event. So, right. uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens kind of in the second half here of the, of the NASCAR season, but, you know, um, hats off to, to Kyle Larson and a, you know, dominant, dominant performance by him and, and his team. So, all right, well, little bit uh, sadder news here here on the show um you know unfortunately an NFL legend NFL just football legend uh passed away you know a handful of days ago uh Jim Brown uh, passed away at the the uh the young age of 87 years old um you know uh like I said a guy that <laughs> I, I was you know reading some stuff and you know I guess I didn't realize after reading some of this stuff all the things that he did and and uh, one thing that really stuck out to me is, you know, he went to went to Syracuse um, for for college, but actually lettered in four different sports in college. Played and his big one was lacrosse. Yeah, yeah, football. right. He played football, lacrosse, basketball, and even ran. You know, did did track and field. So this guy, yeah, is like you know somewhat of the modern day, you know, just athlete. Yeah. I, I don't even know if he could say the greatest football player, maybe just greatest athlete of all time. Um, you know, because. Yeah, I, I had no idea that you know that was you know that he, he he accomplished that or that he did that in college, but obviously went from Syracuse onto the NFL and had you know a phenomenal uh, NFL you know NFL career um, you know early on obviously in, in in the early stages of you know the NFL uh, for for the Cleveland Browns for you know about nine years um, you know Matt any anything you want to want to say about you know say about Jim I mean there's a long right. list of things you could go on forever. Yeah. I mean, and like you said, he, he only played nine years, but of those nine years, he led the league in rushing eight of those nine. Right. So, I mean, he was a, a workhorse. Mm-hmm. So he was always at the top of the league. He had a career 
12,312 yards rushing, uh, 106 rushing touchdowns, mm-hmm. 2,499 receiving yards, which at, at that time was, was pretty good much, for a yeah. running back right. and 20 receiving touchdowns. Right. So, you know, just he, great all-around player. And when you, when you talk about the, the Mount Rushmore of NFL running backs, you mm. got Emmett Smith, you got Barry Sanders, and you got Jim Brown. The, right. Really, nobody else compares to those those three or mm-hmm. those, those top guys. So right, you know, right. this guy's going to be missed in, in the NFL world for sure. Yeah, uh, um, absolutely. Um, you know, and you, you you hit it there with you know leading the league and rushing eight of the nine seasons. But you know, all nine seasons he was a Pro Bowler. Uh, then you know also was named MVP three different times as well. So you know, a, a ton of accolades for this for this guy. Um, you know, and and you know, obviously somewhat of a retired number with the Browns organizations got a statue outside of the, you know, outside of the stadium. I mean, the, the guy is, you know, a Browns legend and, you know, ironically has the last name Brown too. Right. So it's, it just, yeah. Funny how things, how things play out like that. But uh, yeah, this guy is going to be, you know, sorely missed, um, you know, and, and, you know, we, we, you know, lost a, lost a legend in the NFL, but uh, you know, forever, forever in our hearts. And, you know, I know that, you know, he'll, he'll be watching over us and, you know, rooting on the, the Browns and hoping that, one day this Browns yeah this Browns organization may you know get get their first Super Bowl so all right well we're going to take another just a quick commercial break we'll be right back this podcast is sponsored by Podbean Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast we use Podbean to host fired up download the free Podbean podcast app to start record and publish your very own podcast in minutes Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right, and we're back. Thanks for sticking with us. Uh, back to the racetrack we go, but uh, not horse racing and not not NASCAR. But uh, we got the Indy 500. Um, you know, always an iconic race happening this this weekend. You know, over Memorial Day weekend, uh, May May 28th on Sunday. Uh, obviously, at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Um, looking at the weather, looks like it's going to be a great day for racing. Uh, low 80s and about slim to none chance of rain so nice. looks like it's going to be going to be exciting going to be a great day you know great day for 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 racing uh matt what's your what's your thoughts on on the field or you know just just the racetrack in general yeah i mean it's, it goes without saying this is just an iconic race the, the first race was held in 1911 mm-hmm. the 100th running of the race was in 200, 2016 so this would be the 107th running of the race mm-hmm. uh some of the top drivers taking the stage this week are indy points leaders alec uh, Palo, who's got 174 points, and he's also in the pole position for this mm-hmm, race. Mm-hmm. So this guy's been dominating all season long, and yeah. he, he looks to continue that. Uh, you got Pato Award, he's got 168 points, and Marcus Erickson for 155 points. But uh, I'll be watching this week for for my favorite driver, uh, Graham Ray Hall, who's currently 15th in the point standings. And a, a funny side story about Ray Hall: initially, he didn't even make the field of 33 for this race. Yeah. He, he's actually in it to replace a teammate. Uh, Stefan Wilson, who was in a crash during practice, and yeah. he, he broke a uh, thoracic vertebrae. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so uh, I guess luck, if, if you will, was shining yeah. on Ray Hall to, mm-hmm. to get a chance to be back in this iconic race, and right. for a chance for him to race in it. But 
know, he, he's one of my favorite racers just because he's he's from here in Ohio. Okay, yeah. uh, met him a few times. Nice. Super nice guy. Yeah, I, I always pull for him. Right, so I'll, right. I'll be looking forward to watching him this week. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's gonna be gonna be an exciting race. This is uh, you know obviously the Indy 500 is a part you know just a part of the Indy Car you know series, um, and this is actually the sixth race so far of of the season. Uh, but I think it's gonna be gonna be exciting just because the first five races. We've had five different drivers take home, you know, a victory. So, you know, could it pretty, pretty wide open, um, you know, coming into it. Um, obviously a 500 mile, 200 lap race. Um, Marcus Erickson, uh, like Matt mentioned, is actually defending the defending champion. Um, so we'll see, you know, he's kind of starting maybe not towards the top, but not quite towards the, towards the bottom, um, you know, in after, you know, doing the qualifying. So we'll see, see how he, how he, you know, if he can maneuver and make his way towards the, towards the top. Um, you know, a guy, a guy that I'm, you know, maybe pulling for just, you know, just because I like the name, uh, but he's actually starting there towards the back with with Graham Rahal, Stingray Rob, uh, <laughs> starting in the the final row there with with Graham Rahal. So we'll see. I bet your dad would like him too. Right? Yeah, we'll see what uh, you know old old Stingray can do there. Um, you know, I'd, I'd love to look up and see if his name truly is Stingray <laughs> or that's just a nickname. That's just what he goes by. But you know, that'll be a guy I'm I'm rooting for just because of the of the name. Yeah. But uh, you know, should be should be exciting stuff. Um, you know, one change that they did make for for this you know for this race uh, it used to be that this race counted for double points uh, in the point standings. Um, but this year they decided you know to to change it and make yeah. it just normal like you know every other race. Um, so it won't you know won't count towards double you know double points in the point standings. Uh, you know, so which I think in the in the grand scheme of things is probably better for right, the sport. Right. No no one race should count more than, mm-hmm. than another. Mm-hmm. One. Um, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be exciting. You know, another kind of, you know, just interesting fact or whatever, um, you know, actor Adam driver, um, it's going to be the guy that's, that's starting, you know, starting the race going to be waving, you know, waving the green flag to get him get him started. And, and it's kind of interesting at the same time, just because, uh, he's actually getting ready to play a role as Enzo Ferrari in mm-hmm. a, in a movie, uh, where, you know, obviously he'll be playing Enzo, um, you know, somewhat of like a, a biography type movie of, you know, a, a guy that's been a, a racing legend. Right. Um, so yeah, just kind of, you know, interesting thing there. Um, but you know, also something that, that, you know, adds to it, obviously, like I mentioned, it's over Memorial day weekend. We're, you know, obviously paying our, you know, tributes and paying, you know, our respects to, you know, the, those that have, you know, given their lives to, you know, protect this, protect this country and whatnot. So there'll be a lot of pageantry with, you know, the flag and, you know, the military and things like that. But, uh, driver also, you know, served in the Marines as well. Um, so yeah, shortly, shortly after nine 11 happened, uh, he, yeah, enlisted, enlisted in the Marines and served, uh, for about, about three years in the, in the Marines. So, um, you know, just, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of things that kind of, and I think he's also from the Indiana or, you know, Indianapolis right. area. So just a lot of things that tie him yeah. to this, which, you know, I think makes it really great or, you know, awesome that they, you know, picked him to be the, be the, you know, the starter for this, for this race. But, you know, like I, like I mentioned, I think it's going to be, going to be exciting just because, yeah, five different guys have won the first five races of the, of the season. So mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, could be, could be any one of these, you know, 30, what is it? 33, 34 racers yeah. in, in, in the, in the field this year. So, you know, I'm, I'm playing, I'm pulling for old stingray Rob, but you know, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see what he, what he can do. But uh, you know, obviously starting towards the back and I had to make up a lot of ground pretty, right. pretty quick. So, all right, well then moving over to uh, the ice, uh, going to continue our discussion here. Probably not for much longer um, in, in the playoffs, um, both, both series, both the East, East and West. 
uh, 3-0 right now. Yeah. And got the got the Panthers and the uh, Hurricanes on the on the TV here. Um, you know, obviously, we've talked about this Panthers team on and on about just how gritty and tough and, you know, how they just never, never say die. Um, and then I think it's showing up again in this in this series against the Hurricanes. Um, you know, like I said, up 3-0 in this one, um, you know, two both, you know, game one and game two went to overtime. Game one went to four overtimes um, and then game three didn't go to overtime. But the Panthers, you know, came ahead, won, won nothing. And I think I think the Hurricanes at this point have to feel frustrated because this is typically the way that they are used to playing. They're right. used to winning games is frustrating the other team of not being able to score any goals. And the Panthers are beating them at their own, you know, at their own game or own medicine. Uh, Matt, what's your, what's your take on this? Uh, man, Florida's just playing phenomenal end goal and just defensively all around, mm-hmm. all around the goaltender to, to help them out. You yeah, know? I mean, like I said, Florida's leading this game three three games to none, but it could easily be three games to none the other way right. with yeah. all these games being decided by one goal. So, right. I mean, I, I think Carolina's still in this thing; they right. still got a shot, but. The heavy odds to overcome to have to win four in a row mm-hmm. against a team that's playing as hot as the Florida Panthers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I'll, I'll steal a quote from I can't remember if it was the Celtics head coach or if it was the Lakers head coach um, that you know said we're not out of this until that that game hits four. You know, right. we're still in it until they win four games. Yeah. So you know, there's always there's always a chance. There's always hope. Obviously, history is not on the you know the Hurricane side. Um, you know, teams that take a 3-0 lead in a best of seven series are 204 uh, in, you know, in, 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 in those games, uh, including 46 and O in, in the conference, you know, right. the, the final round before the Stanley cup final. So, so I'll give you my favorite dumb and dumber quote. So you're telling me there's a chance. There is, there is a chance. <laughs> there absolutely is 100% a chance. Um, but you know, yeah, Carolina is going to have to figure out how to get past Sergei Bobrovsky. Yeah. They got to solve that mystery that, you know, not too many teams or, you know, no team has really been able to figure out. This guy is playing, you know, lights out, uh, you know, only giving up three goals in this series so far. Um, stopped 132 of a possible 135 shots, almost 98% save percentage. I mean, yeah, you're, you're definitely not, you know, scoring too many goals with that. So, no, yeah, I mean, though he is a goalie, though, and over his NHL career that, you, you watch the movie The Replacements where they talk about quicksand. Right. One thing goes wrong, and, and next thing it you know, 20 things goes right, wrong. Right. So, you know, Bob Roski's had that history. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you hope you don't see the, a case right. of the yips when things are on the line. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, so if it could happen to anybody, it could potentially happen to Florida for that reason. Right, but right. As hot as he's playing, it, I, I think he's finally – turning that corner and, mm-hmm. and he's going to get this team to, to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, no, it's 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 you know, like you mentioned, it, it could just as easily be the other way. You know, we could be talking hurricanes up 3 to nothing and and if you look at the stats and look at it on paper, you would say, "Man, the Hurricanes should be winning <laughs> right. this thing because you look at game 3 alone, Carolina had 32 shots on goal, 66 total shots in that game compared to Florida's they only had 17 shots on Jeez. goal and only 52 total shot attempts. So they somewhat doubled them up on yeah. shots on goal, but just couldn't, you know, couldn't get it in the net. One happened to yeah, go in. Yeah, one, you know, we, so I think it's just a matter of the Hurricanes seeing some goals go in there, get right. kind of an early lead, um, you know, maybe, yeah, get, get Bobrovsky on his heels a little bit, but a little that, bit. that, that's obviously easier, easier said than yeah. done right now. He he's playing, you know, hot and this Panthers team is, is playing hotter than, than anybody. So 
we'll see obviously game four is you know happening tonight we'll see if the hurricanes can you know keep their keep their playoff hopes alive or you know if, if the you know panthers are moving on to stanley cup yeah and i'll be the first to admit i'm i'm one to to bring up his history just because <laughs> i'm a, a little a little jealous he, he left columbus so <laughs> right. it's, it's probably a little bad sportsmanship and blood for me right. you know, talking about him he's but he's been phenomenal and yeah I think he gets his team there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, then moving over to the uh, Western Conference, uh, different teams, but similar, very same same results. Uh, Golden Knights uh, lead this series three to nothing. Um, both games, you know, game one and game two, very tight, both overtime yeah. games, but Golden Knights prevailed in, in overtime. And then game three was just a, a dominant performance, uh, four, four to nothing in, in that one uh matt what's your what's your thoughts on this on this series so far any any chance for the stars or gold yeah. knight's gonna close it out but... i i think the chances were slim and none for the stars and after that game three it's slim it's left. yeah slim slim left so <laughs> right, right. no chance at this point you know you lose a game four and four nothing after after you know first two games going to overtime mm -hmm. and you feel like you're in it going and, back home and, and yeah now back home you, you get blown out right. it's yeah that, that can't be good and mm -hmm. then when you have to win four games in a row mm, after yeah. a game like that. I yeah. just, I, I don't like the odds there. Mm -hmm. I mean, could they steal one? Sure. But I, I don't think they can do much more than that. Right. Yeah. And, it, and this Vegas team is just winning no matter what the odds are. Um, you know, when they, when they score the first goal, they're four and oh in those games, mm -hmm. but you, you think, okay, well they're, you know, four and oh in, in, you know, games where they score first. So they must not be as good when they don't score first. Well, nope. They're seven and three in games when they don't score the first goal. So they're, <laughs> They're able to win it no matter what. You know, right. they score the first goal, they put you away, they, you know, get it done. But even if they, you know, you score the first one, they don't give up. They keep attacking. They come right after you. They don't, you know, put their heads down. They, they you know, just keep keep doing what has gotten them to this, you know, to this point in the season and keep, keep battling. But, you know, another, again, goalie that's playing really well for, you know, for the Golden Knights, uh, and that's, that's Aiden Hill, who's actually their backup goalie, uh, serving as their backup goalie. Um, you know, their their starter got hurt in game three of, of round two against Edmonton. Uh, they inserted Aiden Hill. Since then, he's been uh, six and one, giving up a little bit over two goals a game um, and, and about a 94 percent save percentage. So, you know, for a for a backup that's being thrust into high pressure situation, high, you know, high, high pressure, uh, you know, playoff type situation. He's performed and performed in a, in a, in a big way and, right. you know, really stepping up for this Vegas, you know, Knights team. But I think that's just – that that just resembles how this Golden Knights team – they don't have a ton of – they don't – you know, they have obviously Jack Eichel who's, you know, was like the number one pick a handful of years ago. But, um, you know, outside of that, they, they are just a great team. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they do a lot of things well as a team. Um, and it, it, it just really, you know, encompasses that with, with Aiden Hill, you know, kind of the – next man up type mentality for this right. for this golden knights team so yeah I, I don't give the stars much much hope in this one i think game four obviously tomorrow tomorrow night i think the golden knights close them out and move on to the to the stanley cup yeah. all right well moving over to uh the nba we're gonna talk uh another coaching firing uh seems like it's been yeah uh one after the other uh quickly before we get into you know playoff talk uh, Doc Rivers looking for a new looking for a new job. We kind of mentioned it last week on you know last week's show, uh, but gonna you know talk a little bit about it you know in more detail here. Um, you know, no longer with the with the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, you know, somewhat of you know came to a head after they lost in Game Seven to you know a Celtics team where 
they had they, the they had them. They had them and, you know, just, you know, came out in game. You know, they had them and then game seven, they wasn't even close. Right. They came out and looked completely awful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I think, yeah, just after that, you know, just the handwriting was on the wall that, you know, something had to be changed. And, right. you know, obviously Doc Rivers is, is you know, being let go. Um, Matt, what's your, what's your thoughts on, on this one? Yeah, well, like you said, he was fired after three seasons in Philly, but the guy's got a career head coaching record of 1,097 and 763. And his record with Philly was pretty darn good too, mm-hmm. at 154 and 82. But he was just never able to get over that playoff hump with mm-hmm. Philly. He couldn't get past the conference semifinals. The guy does have an NBA championship to his name, uh, I believe, back with the Celt- when he yep. coached the Celtics. Celtics yep. uh, and, you know, we're already hearing he may not be unemployed for long. He's no. one of the top contenders to, to take that Phoenix Suns job that was just vacated. So yep. he's one of the top five for the, for that position. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, if he if he gets to Phoenix, look out with the talent on that team yeah. and, and his coaching acumen. Right. Right. They're, they're going to continue to be a really good team and could potentially be a title contender. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the, the carousel of, you know, again, a lot of the coaches we've talked about, you know, being fired here over the last several weeks are a lot of the same guys that are in the running to take over this position. Right. Uh, you know, the, the list of candidates from what I from what I saw, uh, former Milwaukee Bucks head coach Mike Budenholzer is on the list. Uh, actually, current assistant coach and former, you know, player Sam Cassell is also hmm. in the running. Uh, longtime NBA head coach Mike D'Antoni also, uh, you know, in the running for this one and, you know, has some familiarity with with James Harden, um, you know, playing in, in Houston. Um, also, former Toronto Raptors head coach Nick Nurse is in the running. Uh, former Los Angeles Lakers head coach Frank Vogel is in the running. And then finally, we round out the list. Former Phoenix Suns head coach Monty Williams is also in the running then for, for this 76 I think other than Monty Williams. All those guys are in the running mm-hmm. for the Suns job, right? So. Yeah, they're all you know. All of them are vying, you know, for yeah. the same you know two, three you know spots that are still still open. Yeah. Um, you know, so we'll see. You know who, what you know, uh, what some of these teams do. Obviously, you know, three, four vacancies here, and you know, not a lot of chatter. Or, you know, nobody really making the move to sign somebody, mm-hmm. which is you know kind of kind of surprising that you know they're not making a quick quick turnaround on this one. But you know, no matter who the the seventy sixers bring in. They're going to have to, you know, deal with James Harden, who will be a free agent this this upcoming off season. Right. Um. You know how do you how do you navigate that that situation? This is a guy that, you know, in the three wins against Boston, shot almost sixty one percent from the floor. Mm-hmm. In the four losses, shot less than twenty, almost less than twenty percent from the floor. Right. So a guy that is very hot and cold. Hot and cold. Is he worth the money that he you know could possibly draw? You know. Right. Uh, because if he, if he opts out of, you know, cause he's got a player option where he can, you know, opt out of it, even though he's due almost $40 million, mm-hmm. he can opt out of that. And then he's eligible to sign with another team for four years up to $202 million. Or if he re-signs with Philly, he's got a four year, $210 million mm-hmm. deal <laughs> to me. I don't, I don't think, think I don't think it. he's worth it. I, I don't think he's worth a 200 or, you know, a max contract yeah. in that, in that sense, if that's the money that he wants, I I say, let him, let him walk. Um, you know, I just don't think that he, at this point in his career is, is the still the same superstar that, you know, we've seen in years, you know, years past, right. um, you know, the only thing, if he does leave, it does leave the 76ers in pretty much, I wouldn't say dire straits, but they then are only left with about 12 ish million dollars to help, kind of 
revamp their their roster. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously you lose somewhat of a superstar in Harden. $12 million, you're not bringing in, you know, a guy that's going to be able to somewhat replace Harden right away. So, so you keep him and you're you're allowed to go over that cap right, because right. you're keeping your guy. Right, but, right. But you let him go and, and you're yeah. stuck back it, at that cap it, number. It, it sta- you know, you're taking some kind of hit in some right. sort, you know, some way or, you know, another. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. You know, they're almost somewhat handcuffed to trying to get him to come back just so that they can – have have a guy that I think can still contribute and you right. know still can you know uh, make make it make an impact of uh, you know not I don't think to the all star level that he has in in the past but you know letting them walk you're you're putting yourselves money constrained wise mm-hmm. to to be able to reshape your roster obviously they still have Embiid who you know won MVP and it's probably the the cornerstone of their of their franchise but you know you just don't leave yourself a lot of options right. with only twelve million dollars to try to replace. A, a, a viable guy like Harden on the on the roster, mm-hmm. so we shall see what happens uh, with this with this Philly team. Obviously, yeah, Doc Rivers uh, won't won't be out of a job for very long, in my opinion. You know, he's obviously been fired multiple times from you know very you know uh, other other you know uh, spots, you know stops in the in the NBA, and usually comes out on top and finds his way, you know, finds a new home, and again I, finds a lot of success in the regular season, and you know plays really well, but just you know, when it comes playoff time, especially in, in close games or, you know, tight series, mm-hmm. uh, the guy is not, you know, not known for winning the, the big one. Right. So we shall see what, what he does. But obviously, yeah, going to be in the running or, you know, name thrown around at all of these spots that are, you know, that are available, whether it's Milwaukee, Phoenix, uh, Detroit, you know, Toronto, you know, whoever it might be, this right. guy's going to be up towards the top, I would yeah. say. So. All right. Well, moving over then to our uh, last topic, uh, sticking with the with the NBA. Uh, I'm going to recap the, the playoffs and much like the, the NHL playoffs, man, what a doozy we've gotten in the conference finals is as good as the first two rounds have been in both the NBA and the NHL playoffs, man. The conference finals have been right up a bit. Yeah. Cl- you know, been somewhat of a, of a clean sweep. Um, you know, obviously we'll, we'll talk about the Nuggets. They did sweep, but, uh, you know, a team. In the Boston Celtics that kept their, you know, playoff hopes alive, got a got a win last night, a convincing win, you know, looked like finally the team that we're used to seeing finally and, and you know, getting the team that we thought we were going to get in this series. Uh, but, you know, game five tomorrow night, uh, Matt, any, any chance the Celtics, you know, keep this interesting or did the Heat put them away and, you know, we're talking NBA finals next week. <laughs> You know, it just really depends on what Boston team shows up. Mm-hmm. They they've been so up and down this playoffs. Yeah. It's 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 crazy to see. You know, one game they come out uber focused and they look like nobody can beat them. Right. Next game they just kind of come out lackadaisical, playing one on one ball, not playing team ball, and just not playing good basketball and right. get blown out. So it, it, it's it's really hard to say, but they have played their best basketball in the playoffs when their backs have been against the mm, wall. I, I will say that. Yeah. So. You know, I, I think they have a good shot to get a, a, another win here um, mm-hmm. in the next game. But after that, man, it, it's going to be a real tall order to mm-hmm. win four in a row against this Miami Heat team with Jimmy Butler leading the way. Mm-hmm. That, that guy's just phenomenal when it comes to playoff time. And right. I, I don't see him giving up four in a row. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't like Boston's chances, but Boston's got the talent to be a team who can do it mm-hmm. if anybody can. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it uh yeah, definitely will be interesting, you know, yeah, again, which Boston team do we do we get in game 5? Um 
This is a team that has not played very well at home in the playoffs, um, you know, ironically. And obviously, Game 5 will be back in Boston. Uh, but, yeah, again, a team that hasn't played great throughout the playoffs at home uh, has actually played better better on the road. So, yeah, that's that's something to, to monitor. But, you know, obviously game seven in their previous series, they, you know, dominated from start to finish against Philadelphia. But this is a Heat team that, you know, again, a hot team that, you know, nobody has been able to really solve the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, you may get them for one game or two games, but you ain't getting them for four straight. Um, it's going to be going to be tough for – for Boston to overcome. And I think, you know, as much as we talk about the superstars that Boston has, you know, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, um, you know, and even, you know, the heat with Jimmy Butler, you know, the superstars have done what they do in this playoffs right. or, you know, in this series. But I think it really comes down to who's kind of role players or, you know, kind of those, that, that second team comes out in, on top or who wins, you know, this series or wins games uh, because, you know, the role players um, for the heat, Guys by the name of Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, Max Struess, and Duncan Robinson. All four guys undrafted, undrafted <sighs> guys playing for the Heat. Um, but so far in the you know in the first three games, they averaged 61 points a game between the four of them. Wow. So a lot of you know, a lot of contributions from guys that, you know, <laughs> not too many teams took any chance or took a chance on. Right. And they're they're playing, you know, key roles here in a in a in a key key spot for the Heat. Uh, but then if you look at game four, the script flipped. Um, you look at guys like Marcus Smart, Al Horford, Derek White, Grant Williams for the Boston Celtics. They all combined for 53 points in, in game four. While, you know, the role players that I just talked about for the Heat only combined for 44 points. Mm-hmm. So I think in game five, it's going to be, we know Jason Tatum, we know Jalen Brown is going to, you know, do right. what they do. It's who's going to be the next guys to step up, you know, and, and play the key roles and, and fit into the roles that they're, you know, used to doing and, and contribute on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, that, that is going to be, I think, the difference in in a game five situation yeah. here. Uh, but I think, yeah, it's just the Celtics are fighting enough an uphill battle, yeah. obviously starting off 3-0. You know, no team has ever come back from a 3-0 deficit in NBA history. Um, you know, obviously we've only had one team in the history to ever come back from three to one. That right. was Cavs, you know, in 2016 in the NBA finals. Um, you know, so history is definitely not on the Celtics side. A uh, little stat to, you know, throw out there teams that have started down three Oh, only 44 of, of the teams, only 44 teams have managed to force even a game five. Wow. So not a ton of teams even to force, you know, to not get swept. Then it gets even smaller. There's only been 11 teams that have made it game six. And then there's been only three teams that have ever tied it up to wow. force a game seven. Huh. Uh, and then obviously, like I said, zero teams that have ever advanced and, you know, one game seven after being down three Oh. So, so, so where do you think the pressure finally starts laying in, in Miami side? Cause right now it's still clearly in Boston side. Right. They, they got to win three in a row. Mm-hmm. If, if Boston gets another one, do, does the doubt start creeping in in Miami? Does, do they start feeling the pressure then? Or you think it, it's game seven where they really, I think, pressure. I think so. Yeah. Obviously, like I mentioned, you know, game five in Boston, it, you know, if, if Boston is able to win, you know, it's game five, it's, they're up three to two. I think the pressure really does go game seven. I think if, mm-hmm. if, if the Celtics go on the road game six and win, win there, I, I like, again, the Celtics chances, because again, they, they played better when the their backs, backs are against the wall. Against the wall. Yeah. I, and I don't, a heat team that again, doesn't have a ton of superstars and that hasn't really been in this situation where mm. the Celtics 
by their own doing have been battle tested this Off entire long, playoffs. Um, I like the Celtics just because they've been in these situations so far through the playoffs. I think, yeah, if, if it gets to game seven, that's where the, the pressure starts to set in for this heat team that, oh man, we, but I don't know that it gets, gets to that yeah. point. I, I just, this heat team is, is, is too good. They they don't make a ton of mistakes. They play great team basketball. And that was really the big difference in that game four. The Heat turned the ball over a ton mm-hmm. in that game, which mm-hmm. is very uncharacteristic of, of their team. Right. So I think, yeah, if they get back to – we haven't seen this Heat team play back-to-back games where they play terrible. Right. So I think, you know, game five is going to be – it's going to be an interesting one. But, again, the Celtics, yeah, again, play better when they are <laughs> – facing elimination Uh, so I guess yeah at this point it is even getting that getting that first win you know for the Celtics I mean that that you know puts the thought there for the heat but I think games if it gets to game seven it it, it's yeah it's going to be interesting but yeah I don't I don't think the heat is going to let that is going to let that happen Um, but we will see um, you know who we're who we're talking about you know next week uh, facing up against a team that they took care of business. There's no doubt in their, you know, in their mm-hmm. mind, they're they're moving on to the NBA Finals, and that's the Denver Nuggets who swept the Los Angeles Lakers, you know, 4-0 in in their series, um, somewhat convincing fashion. But I think it, it just the Lakers ran out of gas. I mm-hmm. think they just ran out of steam, um, you know, because in several of these games, the Lakers had big leads, had leads in these games, and then let it all right back. You know, that, right. I don't know if that's a testament to a collapse by the Lakers or a testament to this Nuggets team of how well they're built and how, you know, that they're not going to, you know, quit and how good this team really is. Yeah. Um, to me, it's a testament to Jamal Murray. Yeah. Well, that guy, man, game, what was it? Game three, mm-hmm. they, they were, they were down big and mm-hmm. all, all of a sudden he just lit it up, lit it up. Right. Threes everywhere. Right. You know, they, they turn a, what, six, eight point deficit into a six, eight point lead. And right. that was all she wrote right, for, right. for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And then he comes out in game four, plays just as good. Right. You know, everybody talks about the Joker and, mm-hmm. and all that. But, man, Jamal Murray has been the real player of this series that I, I think was the, the key point that mm-hmm. got them the sweep here. Yeah, absolutely. He's been very vital. Obviously, we knew Nikola Jokic going to do what he does, do, do his thing or whatever. But, you know, it was going to be interesting. Could somebody else, you know, be kind of his running mate and step up in this, in this series. And, you know, Jamal Murray has played, you know, phenomenal um, going into the, you know, going into the NBA finals. That's what you, you know, that's what you want to do. Um, obviously be. Is this layoff going to hurt them now? Too? Right, right. Yeah. They obviously, uh, you know, no matter what happens, they're going to have a layoff. Cause even if, you know, tomorrow the, uh, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, even if tomorrow the, the, the heat pull it off and win. Right. It's first still game, six days later. Yeah. First game's not until, you know, the first of June. So yeah. they, you know, they got a long layoff no matter what, you know, what happens. Um, you know, but it may be also at the same time beneficial for them if this heat series goes a little bit longer because right. they're rest both they're both tired. of them would be, you know, somewhat maybe rusty because one's, you know, coming in fatigued, one's coming in you just being somewhat over rested. So right. we'll we'll see what how that how that plays out. But uh yeah, the Nuggets took care of business. Um, you know, in game four, you know, the Lakers somewhat, you know, thought, okay, they're going to keep their playoff hopes alive. You know, LeBron comes out and plays, you know, phenomenal uh, in the first half of, you know, game game four, uh, you know, had somewhat of like a 15, 20 point lead at halftime. But within the first five minutes, that lead was gone. It was gone. Uh, the Nuggets, you know, came came right back and, you know, the Lakers were deer in the headlights from there. And 
again, LeBron, you talk about fatigue. I mean, the guy's 38 years old, you know, scoring 40 points in a, in a game four, you know, elimination game. But the first half he was on fire. The second half, he you could just tell he was gassed. Well, I, I believe his stat line was like 20-some points in the first quarter. It was like 11 in the second. Mm-hmm. Then it was six and three to, right. to end the game. So, right. And he put it all on the line that first half right. and had nothing left in the tank yeah. in that second half. So the question is, how demoralizing was this sweep for LeBron? Because mm-hmm. after the series, he's alluding to potential retirement. Right, right. Yeah, I think it just a long season. Obviously, he's been in you know several NBA finals. Has a lot of minutes logged on those on those legs on that body. Um, you know, I, I you know at this point, yeah, how many more seasons does he have left? You know, just because I want to wait for his son, but, but right, it's it, going to happen. Right, um, you know, and it, it'll be yeah, be interesting. Obviously, made some you know made some comments after you know after the game about you know we'll have to we'll have to see is basically where he left it. You know, I'll, I'll have to evaluate and see you know where I'm at and, you know, if I, if I do want to suit up or, you know, lace him up again for another, another season, you know, like I mentioned, the guy that's, you know, been to several NBA finals. So he's playing, you know, sometimes two, almost two full seasons in, in one year, uh, just because of, you know, the many playoff games as he's played, um, you know, I, nobody can outrun father time forever. Um, as well as, you know, LeBron has stayed healthy in his career and, you know, been been phenomenal in his in his career. It it catches up to you eventually, but right. um, you know, we'll we'll see. Uh, you know, the the Lakers have made some comments that they're hoping he does. You know, they want him back. They hope he comes back. They have him. You know, in their plans or you know whatnot as a part of their franchise. But uh, and there's talk of signing Kyrie and bringing him to town to, to right. pair back with LeBron. Right. I, I don't really know what to make of that. Right. Those two had it together right they won a title and right that, that decided was, they couldn't play together right. anymore didn't, so. really, didn't really like each other much after that so i don't i don't know how we'll uh how that reunion will will happen if it if it does happen obviously a lot of a lot of things got to happen for that to happen with you know having three superstars on a team that the lakers are already you well know strapped strapped for cash and you know whatever because again i mean you look at it the teams that are potentially in the nba finals you know the nuggets they don't have a super team. They don't have, you know, guys that they've gone out and, you know, they don't have the Kevin Durant's, the James Harden's. Right. You look at this Heat team, same way. Outside of Jimmy Butler, they don't have, you know, a, a Kevin Durant. They don't have a LeBron James. Yeah, it's they don't almost have... transitioning back to the, the right. days of old. In the right, NBA. right. Um, so, it, yeah, it'll be interesting to see, you know, okay, yeah, the Lakers, if they do, are able to sign, you know, Kyrie. They'd have a three-headed monster with, you know, if LeBron chooses to come back and LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Kyrie Irving. But that so far has not translated to great results here the last, you know, several years for some of these teams that have, you know, went out and tried to get these these super teams. So it will be will be interesting to see if they are able to pull that pull that off. But you know, and, and have any kind of any kind of success with it, just because, yeah, it has not been been kind to, to some of those teams you know I, I think the big problem with the teams that have been trying to do that lately is that they're they're they got money right. they, they want to spend it mm-hmm. but they're not good team building mm-hmm. teams you know mm-hmm. so they, they don't get those role players that yeah. that fit, fit those three right. bigs yeah. you know when, you, when you've had the successful three bigs they've had guys that fit those roles behind you know, them yeah. that you know can come off the bench mm-hmm. and provide you know 15 20 quality minutes to rest those right. three bigs and right. and and not let a lead evaporate right right where a lot of these other teams now they they get those three big stars have no money left to sign anybody else right. they're g league caliber players right, right and it just doesn't translate the team, to success. the team chemistry is not is not there and yeah they have, nobody knows 
who's supposed to do what, who's, you know, who's filling what role, because again, yeah, you don't necessarily have to have role players that go out there and score 15, 20 points a night. Uh, It's guys that fit certain things that, do the dirty work, play, you know, play hard nosed defense or go in there Knock and down get, the open three. Know, get, get some rebounds yeah. or, you know, get a couple steals, you know, whatever. Everybody plays, you know, some kind of role in some sort. Um, but yeah, it's, you spend so much on those three guys or, you know, two or three guys or whatever. Then it's like, yeah, we're just scraping the bottom of the barrel to try to find guys just to sign, just to have enough guys on the team that it's, it's like, yeah, you're not really fitting it to those superstars, how they play and how the rest of the team is going to, going to play into that. So we shall see what the off season brings for the Lakers, but uh, you know, the nuggets moving, moving on to their first NBA finals appearance ever. Uh, We'll see if they can, you know, take home some, take home a trophy. Uh, You know, we'll be, we'll be interesting. Obviously Denver competing for their first, you know, NBA title ever. Um, But, you know, if Miami is able to advance, you know, past the Celtics, you know, Jimmy Butler will be getting, if he's able to win the NBA final, get his first, you know, NBA title. So a lot of firsts that could happen, right. you know, in this, in this NBA finals, I'm, you know, looking forward to it. We'll see, you know, who comes out on top in that Celtics heat series, right. uh, taking on, taking on the nuggets. Man, so, talk about validation for Jimmy Butler, who, who was with the 76ers there for a while right. and Bede kind of ran him out of town right. thinking right. he wasn't a good teammate. Right. And, and Bede's sitting at home fishing, and, <laughs> right, right. and he's potentially going to the NBA Finals. Right, so. right. Could be could be hoisting the, the, the Larry O'Brien trophy at the end of the season. So, All right, well, that's it for our show. Thanks for listening to Fired Up with your host, Colton Cow, Matt Gordas. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. Uh, and if you want to hear other topics for future episodes, or you know you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show, feel free to reach out to us on our different social medias. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, at Fired Up underscore podcast, or you can find us over on Facebook if you search for Fired Up comma sports podcast. And as always, you can head over to firedup1.podbean.com where you can find all of our past episodes and, you know, just a little bit of information about the show. Um, You can also find this episode and all of our past episodes on pretty much any podcast platform you can think of, Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So anywhere where you can listen to to a podcast, you can find our show. So we appreciate you all listening. And as always, stay stay fired fired up. up.